disruption zone. Opportunity lives where the status quo dies. Talking to the greatest innovators, disruptors, and off-the-wall inventors, we can scrounge up. You laugh, you'll learn, you'll be inspired. Now, here are your hosts, Leland Conway and Cameron Mills. It's the Disruption Zone. I'm Leland Conway. You can follow us on Twitter. It's at Leland Show and on Instagram at Greatly Londo. Russia, Russia, Russia. Russia, Russia, Russia. It's a Brady Bunch. Um, so are we headed towards World War III? I mean, it's a pretty good question, isn't it? Um, all of this brinksmanship going on over the Ukraine, I think is unnecessary. It's weird. When I was reading into this and... You know, some of the stuff, Russia kind of has a point from their perspective. I'm not saying they're right. I'm saying from their perspective. What they have seen is over the last 20 or 30 years, a growing of NATO. And, of course, Ukraine wants to join NATO, and that is the last thing Russia wants, is somebody right on their border being a member of NATO. And they're already upset about these other areas. So so, so they've been kind of doing this brinksmanship, this bluffing. And what, what Vladimir Putin is doing is testing the waters. He's like those T-Rexes. In Jurassic Park, he's testing the fence. And he he just doesn't want a stable Ukraine, ultimately. Because a stable Ukraine then can join the, U, the, the NATO, and then that puts somebody right on his border. He's thinking about this territorially, and then how he looks to his people, right? And again, I'm not taking his side in this. I'm simply pointing out that that's the geopolitical goal of Putin. On the other hand, Europe, you know, they are right next door to what was communism on their doorstep. They had the war in World War II, uh, was obviously fighting fascists, not necessarily communists in that situation, but the Cold War was was kind of the fallout from that. But they that was all on their doorstep, right? Like, we never had anybody on our soil. Although the Japanese did take a couple of islands in the Aleutian Island chain in Alaska, but they were little bitty tiny islands, and we took them right back. But anyway, no one ever threatened, you know, to bomb the cities of the United States. They threatened to, but they never could. Um, whereas in Europe, it's like, well, if, if all hell breaks loose, it's right on their front door, right? So I get that. So these these two competing events here. And then all of this collides with the fact that we have a feckless gas bag of a president who doesn't know what room he's in and whether or not pudding is at four or five. I call him President Cornholio Gas Bag McHair Sniffer, and that's what he is. I mean, we saw this this week where, um, you know, he called Peter Ducia an SOB, for asking a question about the economy at an economic forum, and he was like, well, I'm the one to take questions that are off topic. <laughs> it's an economic question, idiot. Um, the guy does, and, and, and he then called Peter Ducey, and he didn't apologize, but he, he, he sort of backed down, and, or didn't back down, but he was like, look, it's, it's, it's just business, pal. Don't take it personal, is what he said. And that's an indication that he knew what he was doing was wrong. And as CNN's Jake Tapper pointed out, he had to have known that mic was hot. It wasn't a hot mic moment where it's like, I didn't know my mic was on. He knew it was on. This is a sign of dementia, right? When you have an individual who, as, as people who have dementia age and they get farther in the progression of dementia, they lose their filter. They lose uh, impulse control, right? And whereas you and I might be sitting there and we might think that's stupid SOB, right? He said it. He had no control over being able to say it which is all fine and good if you're talking about your grandpa. But we're talking about the guy who sleeps with the nuclear codes. Okay? That should be somewhat concerning. So, 
With that being said, I wanted to uh, bring on to the program Dr. A- uh, Dr. Leon Aaron. He actually immigrated to the United States from Moscow. He was a refugee during the Cold War era. He has seen what totalitarianism looks like. And he's got quite his his whole job at the American Enterprise Institute is to essentially keep an eye on Russia and what they're doing. And so I wanted to get this perspective on this since it's in the news right now, and I thought you might find it valuable. So let's welcome to the program Dr. Aaron, uh, Le, uh, Leon Aaron, and I'm going to do a little bit of a setup here before we bring him on because this is actually uh, brought to you on my uh, sister or on our other my other show on KHOW in Denver. So we're going to hear a little bit of that and then our, our conversation with the doctor. Pretty interesting stuff. Before we get to that, though, big thank you to our sponsor, Louisville Cabinets and Countertops. Um, I love these guys. I, I, I don't just say that because they sponsor the program. I, I actually have been friends with the owner of the company since they did our kitchen. And what I love about their work is their devotion to craftsmanship and their devotion to service after the sale. SAS, as I like to call it. They want you to be happy. And if you're thinking about taking advantage of all the opportunities that basically getting your house up to where you want it to be bring you in terms of resale, in terms of you know uh, the aesthetic value of your home, in terms of enjoying your home, man, a kitchen remodel is the pièce de résistance, right? It's the big kahuna. And so I want you to call Louisville Cabinets and Countertops when it's time to do that. Check out their website at LouisvilleCabinetsAndCountertops.com because you'll see some of their work there. You'll see the Google reviews where people just rave about them. Uh, I can tell you from personal experience, I believe the work they did on our kitchen helped our house sell in less than a day in Oldham County. And they're right there on the Oldham County line at 6200 Hit Lane. They're just inside of Louisville. But if you're in Louisville, Oldham County, or southern Indiana, these are your folks. Get that kitchen remodel done. They did our kitchen and master bathroom. We were extremely, extremely happy. 502-930-3304. Tell Tim Leland said hi. 502-930-3304. All right, now let's get to this conversation about Russia. Are we going to go headlong into World War III? It's kind of funky right now. Uh, I was reading up on some, some, some of the stuff for the background of this thing with Russia. One of the issues that I think Russia has is the desire of the Ukraine to join the U, the, the NATO, which is not going to happen anytime soon, but there is a strong desire there. There's a couple of factions going on. There's some separatists and then there's some pro-Russia and they're fighting with each other. And that's a little bit of this. And then as NATO has expanded uh, eastward in Europe, that is a threat to Russia. And so Russia kind of sees the Ukraine as kind of like that last spot. They're like, no, nope, here and no farther. And so that's some of what is driving this sort of Putin red line in the sand, if you will, at least as I understand it. But I know it's a lot more complicated than that. And so I wanted to bring an expert on. Uh, Dr. Leon Aaron is with the American Enterprise Institute. He specializes in U.S.-Russia relations and in particular how Putin's domestic political calculus influences his foreign policy. So let's bring him on. Dr. Aaron, how are you? Welcome to the program. Um, I'm glad uh, to be here. Awesome. I, I know that I pretty much oversimplified it in a 30-second synopsis, but can you give us a little bit of the background on why 
Russia is so concerned about the Ukraine, what's happening there, how NATO plays into this, and, and the broader geopolitical fallout? Well, it's very simple. Um, you know, Ukraine is uh, actually Putin continues to say that Russians and Ukrainians are the same people, something that the Ukrainians don't agree to. Right. Um, but but historically, um, they they yeah they they're very close. They're side by side, and as a result, if Ukraine uh, gets its house in order, if it um, becomes a stable. Um, Western-oriented democracy with a normal functioning um, economy, meaning it gets rid of rampant corruption, uh, that is a mortal threat to Putin's regime because because the Russians will say, well, if the Ukrainians can do it, why can't we? Um, so that's number one. That's the reason number one. Uh, Putin wants to keep Ukraine, if not as a as a failed state, uh, then certainly it's a bleeding state. And to that effect, not only he grabbed a part of Ukraine, which is Crimea, but he essentially created a Russian protectorate or, or you know, enclave um, on the Ukrainian soil um, in Donbass, which, you know, essentially a frozen conflict, which he could restart at any moment. Um, and it, in essence, it, it sort of, you know, makes Ukraine an incomplete state, a bleeding incomplete state. So that's that's why he is after Ukraine. But so maybe there are other issues may, here. May, I want to pause you there because I want to get into the other issues. But yeah. maybe just maybe yeah. an American analogy would be: let's say, let's say Texas and Oklahoma were mad at each other, and the people in the Panhandle, of Oklahoma, decided they kind of like Texas, and Texas annexed the Panhandle, and that sent Oklahoma <laughs> into a tizzy. That's where we're at, right? I mean, that's essentially, and Texas but, wants Oklahoma yeah. destabilized. Yeah, yeah, okay. pretty much, pretty much. <laughs> okay. Yep. Um, yeah. You want you you want as the Russian as the Russian proverb would say you you want your neighbor's cow to die. Get, and, yes. And, and I will feel better. Okay? I got it. I so, got it. So 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 so, but but there are other issues too. Um, right. So that's the immediate thing. The other thing is that essentially scare uh, um, or blackmail. Uh, he's bluffing. By the way, I just want to be on the record <laughs> with you as well as with all sorts of other places and media. That from the very beginning, I thought that Putin was not going to invade Ukraine. Okay. Um, this is all bluff. Okay. Um, uh, and the, the purpose of it is, first of all, to force uh, Germany, France, and now the U.S. to push Ukraine to implement the absolutely, you know, inhumane so-called Minsk II agreements, um, which were signed under pressure in 2015 as, as the Russian forces or essentially encircling Ukrainians, um, and and legitimize or recognize that 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 enclave in southeastern Ukraine. Um, in in other words, making 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 Ukraine contain this Trojan horse, the Russian, okay. Uh, okay. Um, a Russian protector. So that's the first thing. Uh, Ukraine so far resisted. Um, the other uh, thing is uh, the other purpose of Putin's is obvious. He is probing NATO. He right. is seeing, you know, he's, he's conducting a live experiment. Right. And I think he's delighted yeah. because well, because the experiment, the experiment is to see if NATO can forge an effective common response right. to a pending aggression. And NATO is failing. Right. So 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 that is, by the way, this is not only, you know, delights Putin, but I think it, that should worry us more. 
than this militarized drama that he's enacting. Because the next time, and believe me, there will be another time um, of brinksmanship. He will go farther than that. Right. And it should probably also con- concern us that China is watching very closely. And uh, depending on the reaction here, uh, China might say, you know, maybe we could uh, go uh, plant our flag back in uh, Taiwan again. Um, Taiwan, you know. yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, yeah. The, the Iran is watching. I mean, you know, yeah. all those ni- nice places. Yes, of right. course, of course. Um, so I, I, I find it. This is very interesting, and, and what you're saying makes sense. The fact that that Putin is basically he's very savvy, and you've studied him. I mean, he's a very smart guy. He's he, frankly, is he has brains and spades more than our current president. And um, you know, it. What does he have to lose with this? Really, if he's bluffing, <laughs> well, if he's bluffing, what does he have to lose? If he's if he's not bluffing, well, then right, you know. Well, so so, um, you know, he's scoring points all over the place. Right. Um, he has the U.S. president on a string. Now, not only this is sort of aesthetically <laughs> very unpleasant to see that the moment Putin sneezes, the American president offers a summit or makes a phone call. Uh, or, or, or wrings his hands and asks for some sort of audience with Putin. Right. But, but remember, uh, and that goes all the way to Soviet leaders, uh, all the way to Stalin. Every time a Russian leader or Soviet leader uh, is treated as equal, as an equal by the American president, and remember, for the Russians, there's only one country, right. America. Um, it has a tremendous domestic political boost. Right. Um, because look at our guy. Look. Right. Um, right. He, he's he he's beating up the Americans. Right yeah. <laughs> he is sitting right because because there's there's only like I said, there's only one country that counts and only right. one man that counts. And right. that man is the American president. And, and not he, that not that elections are. String. Yeah. Well, well, I was just going to say not that elections in Russia are anything to shake a stick at, but he is up for reelection as if that matters there. But. You know, uh, uh, having a little brinksmanship with the U.S. in which the U.S. and all of NATO essentially backs down uh, to his demands doesn't do, it, it ain't going to hurt with his sham election. Oh. <laughs> you're you're really uh, uh, no, it's, it's it's better than no hurt, because right. remember, uh, the economy, econ- the Russian economy is awful. Um, it's structurally completely disfigured by corruption, by state over. Um, uh, uh, taking over uh, uh, industry and, and, and economy um, by uh, uh, courts that that don't function, uh, by don't protect property rights. You know the usual thing, right? Right, right. So, so the economy—they've been in the longest stagnation in Russian modern history. Hmm. Russia, average Russian today brings home less money um, adjusted for inflation than ten years ago. So nothing works for Putin except one thing. I defend you against NATO. Right. So, right. so when I'm asked, well, you know, how can we, how can we help him save face? You don't have to help him save face, because in Russia, the the propaganda, and of course, you know, the television is completely, you know, um, uh, state uh, subjugated, and and, and 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 recites the state line. Uh, there, the, the 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 picture is completely different. Right. He's not there to invade. He is there to protect and defend Russia from Ukraine that is egged on and armed by NATO and is out to either get Russia or Crimea or that Russian enclave. So so Putin will say, look, 
they tried. I mobilized forces. I scared the hell out of them. Right. And um, I, I returned home as a hero defender. So, again, but I just want to alert you, because the next issue with NATO, and certainly with this White House, is going to be, oh, but we really need to help him save face. We right. really need him to, you know, he can't just, he can't just. You know, well, isn't that – and we're, talk, we're talking with Dr. Leon Aaron. He's a senior fellow at the American Enterprise Institute. Isn't that the way that Biden saves his own face? By saying we're letting Putin save face, that plays well here at home, but it plays into the hands of Putin at home for him. It's almost like – it's almost like – because you know what I'm saying is Biden gets to come back and be like, oh, we're letting him save face. We're not really acquiescing to him. So he gets to have his spin on it, and then Putin gets to have well, his spin on it. Well, I tell you, I mean, <laughs> the, the truth is that Putin doesn't need much of a spin. He is he is scoring points. Right. Very, I mean, politically, very, you know, you can't really deny it. What Biden is scoring, I'm not sure. Uh, it, it, by the way, you know, I counted never in the history of U.S.-Soviet or U.S.-Russian relations, right, that's starting from, you know, mid-30s of, of the last century. Has there been such frequency of American president talking to a Russian president or a Soviet president? I think right. eight or nine times in less than 12 months. I don't understand who who actually advises him on this. Right. I mean, okay, once is enough, twice is enough, but why talk to Putin all the time? What does he expect him to say? Right. Um, so, so it's, it's and, and you know, I think the worst thing here is that they completely discount his domestic uh, situation. And it's very simple. The reason I said that he would never invade is that the Russians are not going to stand for a repeat of the Soviet nine-year war in Afghanistan. Right. Sure, sure. He will, the initial victory will be there. Oh, yeah, he'll smash the, you know. He'll right, bomb, but it'll be, you'll have separatists. But and then have, has, yeah. Exactly. Then right. he has to hold. So, so and you I'm don't defined. think you don't think anything is going to come of this. You think this is literally just like the T-Rexes in Jurassic Park, Putin testing the fences to see what's there and 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 at yeah. the same time advancing his own interests at home and abroad by keeping the Ukraine from as you said becoming a stable country. Let me ask you this. Dr. Leon Aaron is our guest, American Enterprise Institute senior fellow. If you don't mind me kind of personalizing this a little bit, you you came here to the United States as a refugee from from Russia, born in Moscow. Soviet Union. <laughs> Soviet, Soviet Union. Yeah. Soviet yeah. Soviet Union. Union. Yeah. So what is your take on I played some audio of Ronald Reagan in 1987 talking about the Berlin Wall. And and uh -huh. at that time, uh -huh. you know, the country, America, that you came to is very different than the one now that we're now in. What is your take on the, the difference between what America was and what it's becoming right now. Well, you know, you know, since I spend most of my time watching Russia, um, uh, I, it's you know, it's clearly not not an expert view. Uh, well, I mean, the, the obvious things. I'm not going to tell you anything new. That this tremendous polarization, um, right. uh, this tremendous, uh, uh, you know, <laughs> you know, one one a president accuses an opposition party of being a totalitarian party. Um, I know what totalitarianism is. Right. I, mean, I left the totalitarian country. To me, this this sounds very strange and and tragic. Do, do you think we're slipping towards totalitarianism in a way here? Do you think the the that fractionism 
is opening the door for something we would never have imagined? Well, it's funny. I, I, I have arguments with my American wife, uh, who is also afraid, like you are. Right. But but uh, I guess because, well, first of all, because I'm an immigrant. And, right. and, and being in America is, is, is a daily gift, okay, to me. Secondly, um, because I really believe in the strength of American institutions. Mm. I've seen the previous president or this president uh, unable to carry an executive action because of a district judge. I mean, this, this to me is, is, and there are many other examples. I That's believe that our yeah. institutions, our, our institutions will, will, will help us or, or save us. But then, you know, one never knows. Remember yeah, what Reagan that, said, right? We're, yeah. We're one generation, yeah, yeah. One generation from, from dictatorship. Yeah. Well, and, it, and it's I wish more people viewed it the way you did, uh, where, you know, you came here as a refugee and now being here as a gift. I wish Americans realized the gift that we had by being here, being born here. You know, I mean, that's. That is, I agree with you that our institutions are what separate us, but I also think our institutions are unraveling, and that's the scariest part for me. Is once you start to see those things go, um, but that maybe is a conversation for another day. I would love to have you back on as this situation, I'm sure, develops and continues. Uh, will you come back on with us soon? Sure. <laughs> awesome. Well, I really appreciate it. Enjoyed the conversation, Doctor Aaron. All right. All right. Have a good one. Um, so yeah, I, I think the only the only disagreement I had with him is that I do think that our institutions are unraveling. I think he's absolutely right, and it was an interesting point when he brought up the idea of you know a district judge stopping an executive action, and that is true. That is still in place in the United States, but we just had a situation that illustrates my argument to the other side, where basically you had the Department of Education. Uh, send over a memo to the National School Board Association, who then repackaged it and sent it back to the Department of Justice, and then they basically treat parents who show up at school boards demanding to have a say in the curriculum and the, the rules of their, their kids' schooling as domestic terrorists. That is an unraveling of an American institution. When the DOJ becomes that politicized, that's an unraveling. So that's kind of scary. Uh, we'll see where all of this shakes out. Uh, next episode of The Disruption Zone, my friend Josh Crawford from the uh, Pegasus Institute is going to pop on. We're going to talk about crime where I live now in Colorado, but also in Kentucky and in Los Angeles and in Baltimore and in Chicago. And this huge crime wave that is rolling across America uh, and affecting nearly everyone who lives in a city run by Democrats. So we're going to talk about solutions to that. We're not just going to complain about it. We're going to talk about solutions. This is what we do on the Disruption Zone. So that's coming up on the next episode, also coming out this week. So make sure you stay tuned for that. Download it as soon as it comes in and share it with your friends. Big thanks to our sponsor for the program, Louisville Cabinets and Countertops. They are awesome. And I'm not just saying that because they sponsored the program. I'm saying it because... I know it because they did our kitchen and master bath. And I'm pretty sure the work they did on our kitchen helped our house sell in less than a day when we sold it in Oldham County because it was beautiful. I had this problem with this island. It was like a stupid, ugly island. I don't know. Whoever had put it in was just the design didn't work. And uh, so I brought Tim in, Tim Montgomery. He owns Louisville Cabinets Countertops. And I was like, dude, what are we going to do about this? Kind of scratched his bald head for a minute. And he goes, I know. And he fixed it. And he made it usable. I wanted the island. I just didn't want it the shape and the weird concoction that it was it was not usable he made it usable and then he put gorgeous quartz countertops throughout the kitchen 
which that was a choice we made. It was a little more expensive than granite, but it was less maintenance, and that's kind of the kind of people we are. We wanted less maintenance. Uh, but it's your choice because they've got every kind of countertop surface that you can possibly imagine um, and that you would need. They've also got cabinets in stock. So if you already know what your project needs, you got your measurements, you're an in, you know, do-it-yourselfer or a contractor, go to their website, click on cabinets, click on in-stock cabinets, and look at all the amazing styles that are available right now. They're affordable. They're high quality. It's literally every style you can imagine from modern uh, to traditional to country uh, to somewhere in between. They got it all. So check out the website. It's LouisvilleCabinetsAndCountertops.com. They're over at 6200 Hit Lane in Louisville, right on the border of Odom County. So if you're in southern Indiana, Odom County, uh, or or Louisville, this is your place. Uh, so again, give them a call. It's uh, 502-930-3304. 502-930-3304, Louisville Cabinets and Countertops. Big thanks to our partner in Audio Dynamics Audio Productions in Lexington, Kentucky. They help us with the pristine, uh, golden microphone-sounding audio on this program. We appreciate that. And to you. Thanks for downloading the podcast almost 100,000 times. Cannot wait to announce we're over 100,000. It's going to be awesome. It's coming up very soon. Uh, and that is all because of you. So thank you so much for the support of this program. Download us on the iHeart app, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, wherever podcasts are found. Share us with your friends. It's that easy. Follow me on Twitter. It's at Leland Show. Or on Instagram, it's at Greatly Londo. I am Leland Conway. This is The Disruption Zone. <laughs> 